0: Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our ad subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So so, give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. president donald like j trump and i'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in moscow and that the russians taped it and have leverage over him welcome back to information operation we have a very special guest today brindy wells is the brains and maybe the muscle behind caravan to midnight she's the person behind the scenes making it all work for John B. Wells. Welcome to the show, Brindy.
1: Thanks, Todd. Thanks so much for having me.
0: <laughs> so I've wanted to interview for you for a long time because I also I want to know what goes on at Caravan, how you guys built this uh, incredible media operation that you have. But tell us about yourself first. You're from South Africa, correct?
1: Yes, yes. I was uh, born in a, a city called Bloemfontein in the Free State in South Africa. I grew up in, in the 70s and the 80s. And uh when uh, Mandela, you know, walked on the water out of prison
0: mm-hmm. into
1: the presidency, yeah. I was, that was the first time I was um, able to vote. Um, oh, so. I, was, I was allowed to vote and now I had to um, make a, a it, was, it was such a propaganda campaign in South Africa in terms of what was happening at the mm-hmm. time, we didn't see it. But um, as things progressed and uh, we became more and more and more communist and and the veil started falling off and I started seeing what was going on, particularly when my son came home with his history project. You know how little boys are. They go, oh, Mm -hmm. by the way, I have a history project I have to hand in tomorrow morning and um, it's like eight o'clock at night and I haven't done a thing. So that's when mom jumped into his history project and realized did, that it's a, it's a load of nonsense and that mm-hmm. none of the history that they're teaching my child is even remotely true
0: wow. so
1: that's what happened i started a blog i wrote it the truth about south africa and all i did was i just wrote the correct history of south africa mm-hmm. the World war wars the concentration camps what happened which tribes settled where and i just did that and one of mm-hmm. john's producers then found me online because john wanted to do a show on south africa because he had a contract in south africa for 17 years he was backwards mm. and forward, so he understood south africa yeah and that's that's the uh, the very short version of a of a very long story but yeah here i am today and we are married and we are continuing this quest of of telling the truth through the lies
0: so I did some business in South Africa, and mainly in Durban and in Cape Town, uh, working with different companies over there. And I can tell you that even 20 years ago, you could see the the destruction of the society. I mean, tell us about that. You see the same things happening in the U.S., right? Uh, most certainly. It's like yeah.
1: literally. I, I I usually tell people people it feels like I'm in the Twilight Zone because it literally is. Yeah. I fled my country um, to try and make a better place for me and and find a spot where i can land my family safely out of that situation mm-hmm. but um the more i continued on this quest the more i realized that uh, america is totally and completely heading the exact same way and i'll tell you why because originally when when mandela became president the very very first thing he did is open the prisons up mm-hmm. and every every murderous raping Sob that was in prison just got released. You no, know, mm-hmm. yeah. and that is really when crime started becoming so unbearable. You cannot walk down a South African neighborhood street without, you know, um electric fencing and and burglar guards and and armed response signs and mm-hmm. various kinds. I mean, and people get creative. They put on. They put snake signs and some gorma signs because they know what certain tribes are, you know, scared mm-hmm. of, one mm-hmm. being a snake. And um, so they put signs all over the house saying, we've got snakes. You to try and keep them out because yeah. it's it's been declared open season, the white man. And it's a, it's a tragedy. And even if you say it, you're now a racist. So you're not even allowed to defend yourself. So that's where we are in South Africa. And it, it is, it's just too scary to even contemplate going back
0: so the ANC has already always been communist right or not or, yes they have or, I mean yeah.
1: and 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 I think to a large extent the American um population was propagandized to the extent that you now have what they call the Mandela effect people mm-hmm. think it's a supernatural event and that there were different timelines playing out it wasn't the case it was the South African government um, at the time with George Soros and his open society that were doing different media campaigns in America to test where they would get the strongest response. So, in other words, they propagandized a certain state and said Mandela died to see if they can invoke that, you know, BLM mm-hmm. response to George Floyd. That's what they were after. And uh, so, anyways, Mandela never died. But the point is, they have brainwashed the American society to the point where the, I don't think people you know your normal average person that's not a critical thinker um doesn't know whether he's arthur or martha literally i mean your boy thinks he's a goal and vice versa but having said that um you know they they implementing the same agenda the first thing they did was open the borders yeah um, I don't know if you remember in the 80s in South Africa, bring down the fences, bring down the fences. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really a walls, but it was big, gigantic fences with, with uh, barbed wire and, and um, uh, electric uh, fencing. Mm-hmm. So they brought those down. And if you think in 1948, now let me just take you through a few sure. states. all right? The ANC was, was, um, was started in 1913. Right. Mm-hmm. That was when the British were still in complete control of the uh, Cape Point um, at that time. Nobody has explored the rest of South Africa yet. There was nothing there. It was just Bush. Um, then they uh, started to to implement slavery, the mm-hmm. British. And um, then Cecil John Rhodes, who was in charge of this all, found diamonds and gold. So what he did is he forcibly removed tribes from their lands and he then um, started implementing the Commonwealth, uh government. Right. You know, for, for lack of a better term. British
0: Empire, essentially. Yeah, yeah. the
1: British Empire. Yeah. So the Dutch people, my people, the Boer, What uh, the Boer, Boer's just a Dutch word for farmer, but we mm-hmm. identify not necessarily as farmers that that only farm, but it's it's what they called our nation because predominantly we farm, but not mm-hmm. everybody are farmers. OK, mm-hmm. so having said that, then the ANC started in 20 and uh, in 1913 to combat Cecil John Rhodes's uh, forcible removals off their land. That's what happened there. My people weren't even involved. We then took our ox wagons and pioneered across the Drakensberg and encountered various tribes there. And that's a whole other history lesson. Eventually found the free state where I was born. And all we wanted to do was farm and be left alone. Right. And uh, we negotiated and actually purchased that land with a bunch of cattle from the tribe. So there was nothing. Nobody stole anybody's land. That's just how it happened. But come 1948, the, the, my people have de- had de- defeated the British Empire, and we exited the Commonwealth, and we became a republic in 1961.
0: And that was after the Boer Wars, right?
1: Yeah, that was after all the Boer Wars, yeah. and we finally became a republic on 31st of May, 1961. So now you can understand they're trying to blame apartheid on my people we weren't even in the mix at yeah. the time when all that stuff went down it was the british yeah. now funny enough then they infiltrated they opened the borders they infiltrated so george sorrows implemented um fw de Klerk, who was our last president but our president was pw Buerta. they mm-hmm. then poisoned him and this is something people don't know they they covered it up as a stroke and installed PW uh, um, F.W. de Klerk, and then he sold us out. He he started the Kodesa negotiations, and the whole nine yards, Mandela was released, and the next thing he was our president. And uh, uh F.W. de the Klerk then left his wife, had her murdered, and married uh, some Greek woman who was apparently his best friend. So our first lady, our last first lady was murdered. Can you believe that? in her house wow. raped and tortured. So that was having said that. Then they told every black person in South Africa that the reasons they have a bad life or any, for, for whatever reason, that anything that has gone wrong in their life is because of apartheid and because of the white man. So mm-hmm. they weaponized these people that that was absolutely not, but it's the youngsters most mostly. The older folk stuck together my best friend, Zinkley, I mean, I speak Zulu. and You don't speak the language of people that you hate. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. So we grew up together. We looked at this together, and we both saw the propaganda together. But these youngsters that's been brainwashed in the school, specifically even teaching the children the exact opposite of the truth as a history lesson, that was my limit. And that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, this is a communist takeover. And there you have it.
0: So you mentioned the Dutch and being farmers. Uh, it's interesting because now in, in, in that area in Europe, you have them taking, destroying the farms. Are, are the Dutch in South Africa involved in that at all or at least connected uh, to, the, to, to that situation?
1: Well, we are, I think it's a global agenda. Yeah. Uh, but it's not that we are involved, but I think Agenda 31 or 21 or whatever it is now uh, has always been to attack the food production because yeah. South African farmers, are a little small piece of people, now they're saying we stole the land. It's only 3% of the entire white population that actually own land. But yeah. uh, 60% of the landmass is owned by the government. So I don't know what they're on about. We we, we do, actually. It's, it's, a, it's an agenda. But yeah. the point is that they have always gone after the food supply. South Africa fed the entire African continent and exported to Europe as yeah. well. So yeah. that has now completely been decimated. South Africa has been importing food now from the Ukraine now now we see what they're doing at the in the ukraine
0: another bread basket yes
1: exactly so they're destroying the bread baskets of the world uh and we can understand why because what they are trying to implement is famine because hungry people are controllable people
0: very interesting so i had a friend down in uh in durban i believe who tried who had the walls around his house and response teams and he was driving in one day and his gate opened and once the gate opened, like all these trucks come in behind him, push him, ram his car in, and they all jump out of the car. And his wife hit the panic button, I guess, and the, and the doors come down over the windows, and he, he survived. But um, it's, it's extremely violent. I mean, and, and you're killing – you're seeing the deaths of a lot of white farmers, right? Can you talk about that?
1: Yes. Um, in 2014, I attended 132 funerals. And these wow. weren't just random funerals. I mean, I didn't go on a funeral spree. These were people I knew. People I loved, family, colleagues, people I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandparents were attacked on their farm and they sold and they, they fortunately survived it. My grandfather shot the guy and uh, then proceeded 10 years to try and defend himself because they wanted to put him in jail. And right. I can just tell Americans this: this is what they do. They infiltrate, they come over the border by the millions and then they settle in the neighborhoods. And your tax dollars are paying for this. This is exactly what happened in South Africa. And it's still happening. So these what they called war war veterans from Zimbabwe, which were a bunch of nonsense because they were too young to have been war criminals in the Zimbabwean war. It was just a bunch of young thugs that they've raised up to come across the border. And uh, in every neighborhood, there's three or four houses house these people you will always see it's very quiet very dark you can hardly see anything and at night time they activate them and tell them which neighborhoods to hit and then they invade the houses they murder rape kill destroy hack to death. i mean it is i cannot explain to you the, the, the how cruel it is i mean watching a ten-year-old boy a twelve-year-old boy had to watch his mother being raped and tortured, and then they drowned him in a bathtub full of boiling hot water mm. after he watched his mother being drowned. Three-year-old being beaten to death with a shovel. My yeah. best friend, hacked to death, beaten to death with a shovel. After she had a dead bird in her Post box because she was also an activist i got that same dead bird and within two days i was out of the country or else i wouldn't be talking to you right now so this is what's happening they are literally going after the white man and the farm the food the weapons in South Africa, the biggest mistake we made is we gave up our weapons. Because mm-hmm. at the time, remember, in the late 80s, early 90s, there was no YouTube, Internet, Facebook, those things. We didn't know what we know now. Yeah. However, we can see it now, and it's become blatantly obvious. And um, once they have finished going after the white people, what is going on in South Africa, now they're going after the Indians. Um so mm. it, it, they, they will take them all out. And I mean, even making the black man, you know, putting him on a pedestal, in the end, when they've achieved their objective, they'll kill him too. So yeah. it's, it's not about how special you are, whether you're black or white or green or what sex or gender or any of it. It's all just designed to destroy, divide and conquer. And uh, we know who the enemy is. And I think you've figured it out by now as well.
0: Yeah. So what would you suggest? I mean, there's nowhere else to go after the United States, right? I mean, that really, there is no other free land, maybe some island somewhere. But what would you tell Americans? What do they need to do? What, what, how do we defeat this in your mind?
1: Well, what I can tell Americans is number one, do not give up your guns. It's the only reason that they haven't activated these cells yet. They are. They're activating them the year and then you've got a mall shooting, but it's all in furtherance to take your guns away. Because yeah. I'm telling you, they are scared of your guns. So don't give it up. Don't and yeah. if somebody comes in with a bad shoot them. Yeah. I'm telling you this sounds terrible, but that is what it will happen. They will disarm you and once they've disarmed you, your teeth are out and you cannot fight back anymore. They are how can they, they are scared to attack America because of the guns. And as long as you hold on to that, I think you can you can can veer they move. But there is gonna be an invasion. I believe that. Um so it's already happened. Every, yeah. everybody is is watching, they're coming over the border by the millions. I believe um Todd that this is the Ezekiel thirty-eight, thirty-nine war. I really believe that because if you go and read that you are literally it's like reading the front page of the newspaper it'll make your skin crawl and when you understand who you are where you are and what is happening and this this it's it's written in to scripture 2000 scripture 2, years ago so don't give up your guns hold on to God and stay on your knees that is the only thing that's going to save us from this
0: I completely agree you know a lot of people I've I've had a lot of people come up to me and say wow, this is just like what's written in the Bible, just like Revelation or just like, I mean, it, it's very obvious, becoming very obvious to people we're in some kind of spiritual conflict. Do you agree? Most well, certainly. Yeah. So um, tell me about Caravan to Midnight. Let's talk about that. What? What? You guys have built something. Your audience is huge. Uh, you, you're very influential and very professional. Tell, tell me where a Caravan is going. You have online news. You have merchandise. You have all kind of stuff.
1: Well, a caravan to midnight is, is a, a walk of
0: obedience.
1: That's how John and I see it. Huh. Because the Bible teaches that obedience is better than sacrifice. So we we decided that we are going to take care of I mean, John built his career over the last 50 years. He's been on radio. He's been the voice of BBC. John, I mean, I heard his voice in the car when my grandmother was driving me to school. He was the Lexington man in South Africa. So John is well known. He built his career. It's not like I came on the scene and, and then boom, we built something together. But I think when I came on the scene, what happened was that it became instead of just, uh, well, let's just interview a guest and see what he says. It became more of a journey to mm-hmm. find truth. Mm-hmm. Who are these people? Why are they doing it? Who Who is doing it? What is happening? All those questions that everybody's asking. And you cannot find that information on the Internet or on on. The mainstream news for, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just propaganda. So we decided to find the people, people like yourself, Mm -hmm. people like um, uh, Mary Fanning, people Mm -hmm. like the generals, people Mm -hmm. like um, talking pastors, anybody who has spent their life researching a topic and will bring that person on and for two hours dig into his mind. And John basically allows that the difference between Caravan to Midnight and a package show is that the guest says, we want to talk about this. We tell the guest we want to talk about this. Give him his talking points and do not veer off my talking points. No, we do it the other way around. What do you want to talk about? What is it that you found that you want to share? And John basically hands the, the, the mic over to the guest and you can talk and tell the people, what you want to talk about. And we've just basically taken propaganda and turned it back into free speech again. And good. I mean, we're going to find, sometimes you find a mind-blowing piece of truth and sometimes it's nonsense. But the point is we're on a journey. We're finding the truth and we're talking to anybody. We don't care who you are. We'll talk to you. If there's value in it, the people will recognize it. And if if it's just nonsense, then we'll just move on and find the next the next gem, you know.
0: So just for our audience' sake, we stream Caravan to Midnight every night on our Rumble and Getter channels, and then our shows are on your channels on Sunday. So we have a very good working relationship that uh, yeah. we value a lot, and uh, we need to find other like-minded uh, free media people to grow the network, if you will, um, which is obviously trying to wake up the american people do you think americans are waking up what do you hear from your side of the world do you think people are understanding what's happening
1: i do think so uh, todd on on my end i mean there was a lot of people in my country i mean if you think about it it was five million white people in 48 mm-hmm. and there's five people five million um uh and, and there were 5 million white people, I mean, black people, about mm-hmm. 6 million. Mm-hmm. And in 94, there were 70 million black people and, and still 5 million white people. So mm-hmm. um, one can understand that that something definitely happened. But my group, of, there's, there's now, I think there's probably about 3 million left in mm-hmm. South Africa, and they are all awake. Uh, but to a large extent, about half of them in the 90s, was extremely liberal completely brainwashed didn't see it but they have since and i mean those people who called me a bigot and a liar and a racist and god knows what else they have come back they've written on my facebook pages and said brady you were right and Mm -hmm. um you know, we, we must just keep punching because the avalanche is what will defeat the enemy. There's not so many of them. There's more of us. And the more we can wake up people, the avalanche is what's going to hit back.
0: I completely agree, and especially on the election integrity issues and stuff like that. I mean, they're starting to get really worried, and we just have to keep the pre- pressure on and turn up the gas, in my opinion.
1: Amen to that.
0: So okay. how can people help Caravan to Midnight? What, what is uh, the best way to to help your efforts.
1: Well, basically, just tune into the program. It's every night at 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central. I start the stream at eight, and John, coming from the zoo, he used to be a, a, a radio disc jockey. He picks good music every night. Plays. Yeah, it's great music.
0: taste in music. For sure. <laughs> it's it's, it's <laughs> his
1: thing, and it's it is what makes Caravan Caravan's history. Also, coming with John and the music, he plays full tracks for thirty minutes, and sometimes there's this there's music for. Everybody, then he does these 30 minute uh, video pre show, mm-hmm. and then we go over the air where we are syndicated across gosh, I forget how many stations, and we are still being picked up weekly by various stations. So, if you're a station owner, you want to carry John, just call me, and um, yeah, and then thereafter, there's just uh, I just keep the stream on for a little because people love to chat. You can find us on um cd media ghetto channel Mm -hmm. on our youtube channel on rumble Mm -hmm. i think we're on cloud hub it's all over but i post the links on john's twitter account every every day on facebook and we've got a telegram channel just just search john b wells that's where you'll find us and and come listen come listen join join the family we we are a family we we help each other out
0: yeah i think i've been on the show probably 10 plus times and it's always interesting where it goes because uh, John asks very good questions to try to drive it to a place that maybe people don't know, you know, something about something. So yes. anyway, Brendy, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, anything else you want our audience to know about Caravan or South Africa or is there hope for South Africa?
1: You know, I believe there's hope for South Africa. I'm currently uh-huh. working with a team uh, we which is called Cape Exit uh-huh. and uh, we're trying to uh, to create to secede the cape mm-hmm. the western cape province from south africa um they i it, it, it's looking good it's in the really? international courts we've we've done all the work um and and i think it's going to happen i really do
0: one and more it, question uh, there, there mm-hmm. was some uh south african farmers that were invited into russia to settle land was that just a like a pr campaign or is that actual is that actually a thing Are, are they moving up there do you know
1: I I heard from a few families that did go up there and Mm They, I think 90% actually went back to South Africa yeah. because they didn't have the, the support. Yeah. They, they, they didn't have access to to financial support, to like land bank. You have to buy seed. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money to put seed in the ground. Sure. So they didn't have the support. And also the climate, I think it was like minus 40 degrees where they shoved them and nothing yeah. will go there. So yeah. it, it was it was a moot exercise, but I don't think it was done on purpose. There are negotiations and talks going on now for better areas and more financial support, but they've put it on hold due, uh, because of yeah, the, you know. Of course.
0: Yeah. Wendy, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I appreciate we'll, it. We'll do it again. Take Got care. It. Bye. Bye-bye.